latest episode of the Rebel Radio Podcast, and uh, we got a full crew tonight. Long, welcome to a return to the show. It's Emperor. Emperor, Jeez, sir. I can't even call you a guest because you're like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you're you're part of the crew, even if you're on extend hiatus. I think one day you'll uh, get come back around. And be like, I got to join you guys again. I just had this feeling. You know, you get bored watching porn on Friday nights and be like, yeah, I got to join the fellas. <laughs> so you know, it'll happen. I like and, turtles. Uh, well, <laughs> tur- turtles, are, turtles are cool. And uh, <laughs> how you been, man? Uh, I've been good. Uh, uh, it's three more weeks of December, and they'll be all be over. Yeah, it's a rough time of the month for your business. <sighs> for all of us. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, true. But, but but like for me though, it's only like it's not three or four weeks spread out like it's for y'all. For me, it's basically like a week, week and a half, you know, and then it's, then it's all over. I'm on vacation starting at the afternoon of December 22nd. So yeah, uh, that's so unheard of yeah. for us. Luckily I have a, we, a good we boss have vacation that... blackouts and from mid November through December back in the old days, it used to be October through December 10 years right. ago. So yeah. now they cut it. So I don't know. Maybe it's craft beer that's been eating into the sales. Who knows? Yeah. But then again, craft just, beer is kind of dying down too. It is. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just too, they realize they can't get all their employees to get vacations in within the first nine months of the year. So they like, okay, maybe we should open up a little bit more. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember whenever I was in that industry, uh, same thing long, they black out like all the major holidays, especially last couple of weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Just not doing it right. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, man, good, good man. I'm glad. I'm glad you came on the show today, man. We're uh, it's going to be a fun show. We're going to uh, discuss um, the featured film this week, and then uh, discuss a film we all saw in theaters over the last uh, week and a half or so. Yeah, and, um, I know that few, texting it won't justify it. And a know. few other um, tidbits of information on today's show, but. Um, it's good you're back, man, as we're winding down 2023. We got a couple of episodes left after this, and we'll be doing our uh, top five movies of the year in the last episode in a couple of weeks and uh, and um, closing it out with our annual Batman Christmas movie. And uh, so it's going to be a good year to the end of 2023, and then we'll trek on to 2024 for some uh, more podcasts. The 10th anniversary of the podcast is in 2024, so that's pretty wild. Yeah. Hard to believe. And uh, so, but, uh, but, if you ever miss any episodes, you can find everything at the rebelradiopodcast.com. That's where you can find all the cool shit for this show. Rebel Radio Podcast. Yeah, Ten years, dude. I mean, you know, we're going to do a big 10th anniversary show sometime in late April, early May. And uh, and um, we'll have a few people back on that episode besides just long. We might even invite um, the friend of the ex-host, Frank, might even get to come back for that one. Who knows? That could be some shenanigans. It, do we still know where Dago Nick is? <laughs> that was from the really old rubber right here. Yeah. Is he in Burbank, New Jersey? Or <laughs> I think he's probably in prison somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> that's, that's a blast for the past. <laughs> shit. Um, man, that's crazy. Um, but, yeah, man, um, you know, we um, – man, let's just get into things, man. Let, let's go, man. Uh, you know, we'll get into uh, the movie we saw in just a minute, man, but I did want to uh, – I started watching um, 
the live action one piece. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I just felt like watching it. And my God, it's it's kind of stupid, but it's one of those shows. It's so entertaining. I can't stop watching. <laughs> like it's really entertaining for the most part. It's just some of the dialogue sometimes you're like, oh, that's not the best dialogue. But I've never really watched the anime other than the little bits and pieces of it that my kids have watched. It's still ongoing. And yeah, yeah, it's like 19 seasons. Uh, uh, but the live action show is a lot of fun. It's kind of a borderline cw-ish type show with like crazy action but also uh um a lot of really interesting characters um i don't know man i'm about halfway through it it's only like eight episodes i think i'm on episode five and um i guess it's just kind of out of pure boredom right now with not much else to watch right now um other than monarch which i've still only watched the first episode and i need to get caught up on that um but uh but man i, I don't know it's it's, it's cool man I, I can see why the it appeals to the kids you know i can see why it's very very popular and if the anime is anything like the live action show, then I definitely see why this thing has been going on for 20 something years, you know, and, uh, and it's crazy, man, for a show to last that long. Mm -hmm. And it's been like, and, the, and it's been, it's had like four different studios have ran it over the years. That's nuts. I think it's owned by Toho again now, but for, but it's wild how it's had different studios have owned it and kept it going. Um, never heard of it, uh, anime like that. That's pretty wild. But, uh, I've, I've been watching that man. And, uh, um, and then I watched uh, on Disney Plus, Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny hit Disney Plus. So I watched uh, the documentary they put out, Timeless Heroes, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones. And this is good stuff, man. There, there's Indiana Jones footage and things in there I've never seen before. Uh, really one of the best looks I've seen at who Harrison is behind the scenes and the type of person he is and the way he makes movies. And and uh, really good, man. I, if you're an Indiana Jones or Harrison Ford fan, it's a must watch. Because some of the Disney Plus documentaries have been kind of hit or miss. We talked about that before. Some yeah. of them are okay and some of them aren't. But this is might be one of the best ones I've seen them do since they've started doing these documentaries on Disney Plus. Uh, really, really well done documentary about Harrison Ford and his career and everything. So highly recommend watching that on uh, on Disney Plus. And um, those are the two main things I kind of watched this week, besides the movie we all saw in theaters we're going to discuss in a few minutes. Um, but long, I'm going to give you the floor, man, other than Godzilla, man, in a minute. What have you been checking out lately since you ain't been on the show in a while? Uh, I've been checking out Monarch. Uh, I'm pretty current on it. It's I'm on episode five. Just finished up episode five. Five is the latest, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, it's still a slow burn. Kurt Russell is pretty good. And it, you know, I still don't know. I don't know what direction this show's going. I don't know what what the characters are doing, except for trying to find this, you know, what two people trying to find their fathers, right? Uh, their father, uh, and um, just one or two glimpses of Godzilla here and there, and one or two got uh, monster shots here and there. But uh, it's more of a mystery human drama thing uh it's all right so far uh it's not really setting the world on fire yet uh it's episode five now i'm starting to lose patience with it <laughs> to be quite honest isn't it 10 episodes i think yeah yeah, yeah it's 10 episodes um what else um i'm watching a lot of anime um bunch of sequel seasons here and there uh spy family if you ever see it across any of your feeds, I highly recommend it. It's it's a uh, it's a wonderful, entertaining little um, 
uh, anime about uh, this little family. Uh, you have one girl who's a psychic who can read minds. Uh, you have uh, the father figure who's a, like the number one spy in the country. Uh, and then you have the the mother who's like the one of the deadliest assassins in the world. And they're all trying to keep it a secret from each other. Okay. Yeah. Keep their uh, uh, you know alternative lives or abilities. Yeah. The girl is adopted, you know, and so. Yeah. But Spy Family, check it out. It's uh, it's it's really entertaining. Uh, very well animated. It's uh, clean too. It's not a very uh, you know, like some anime are with a fan service and panty shots or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I highly yeah. recommend. It. It's in the second <laughs> season. Um. But don't worry, there's a bunch of Rule 34 uh, stuff on the on the mother figure <laughs> on the internet. Um, what's the last major movie I saw? I didn't go to the theaters for Indiana Jones or Shoot. the Marvels or... Yeah. Uh, I haven't been in the theater in three, four months until I saw minus one the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before I, we get, we talk about that movie, uh, what about you, Matt? Uh, you saw what? Uh, yeah. Uh, I Joel saw Kinnaman movie. Yeah. I saw silent night. Yeah. So I'm very jealous of that <laughs> since being a big John Woo fan. And... It's been getting <laughs> a lot of mixed reviews, which I was well, surprised. I've read that it's, I've read that, Old school Wu fans like it a lot. Yeah. But I've read that movie critics just really don't, which whatever. John Wu's never made movies for the critics, you know. Exactly. Um, and, and I think, you know, it, it's a movie that um you guys I mean it's it's so fast paced. Um and it, it does have a shorter runtime than uh some of these movies that have come out as of late. So if you're like been going to the theaters this year uh and you go and see this movie, you're like, Oh, that kind of went by quick, and that's because it's it has a shorter runtime than a it's lot like an of hour and 40 movies. minutes. I think I read. Yeah. 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 I feel like everything in, in theaters is like closer it's to three hours. Yeah, it's this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it does feel faster. Um, but the Joel um, does a really good job um, just obviously with the action, um, with the, uh, the emotional stuff his character goes through. Um, and, you know, Wu does his thing. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely entertaining. Um, I think you're gonna you're gonna like it if you're a Wu fan. If you're a Wu fan, you know, like Hard Boiled, um, Better Tomorrow, uh, I think you're gonna like it. Um, I have an opportunity next Friday, maybe to see it. Maybe um, my mom might be able to get the kids for me and go after work. Yeah, man, so. it's it's definitely definitely go see it. Um, other than that, I did get caught up on Invincible uh, season two. Um, I do like that uh animated series on on prime um we're we're left with a cliffhanger for season three so not sure when that's going to come out um but if you haven't watched invincible it's uh friggin brutal and crazy uh, which is that show which i find very strange i remember you telling me that <laughs> it's but it, it's it's entertaining man i like it uh i like all the different superheroes and um omni man and 
how it would basically give you a more realistic version of Superman versus the Justice League in that in that fight at the end of the first episode, season one. Um, it's just friggin' brutal. <clears throat> Got eyeballs popping out of sockets and stuff. It's crazy. It's like it's like an animated The Boys almost, you know. But uh, but yeah. Other than that, uh, I think it was just uh, Godzilla. Well, I want to so, back up just for a moment. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, just to back up to Silent Night, uh, is I was reading that Wu was asking why he casted Kinnaman. You know, because he's mm -hmm. Kinnaman's known, but not super known. And he was saying that, like, he was the only one he felt that conveyed any emotion when he auditioned for basically a silent movie with no dialogue. Yeah, and there's were rumors that, you know, Cage has worked with Wu before auditioned for this film. You know, guys that worked with Wu, Ben Affleck has apparently auditioned. Apparently, a lot of big actors auditioned for this film. Um, but Kinnaman gave the best audition, and plus, I think the studio also made the movie for little bit smaller budget and i imagine guys like affleck and cage would have cost him too much money yeah um you know so that might have been some saying it but it's crazy Wu said he wanted to come back to hollywood and do a smaller budget film and and um and i'm glad he's back you know i mean uh and he, apparently his next film on his slate he still wants to reimagine his own classic he wants to redo the killer um with an american uh cast which I think is a wild idea because I, I mean, prefer hard boiled over the killer. Oh, I do too. I do too. Yeah. I, I, but I think the killer is, is good, but I prefer hard boiled, but uh, yeah. well, that's a wild idea to have a director reimagine his own film. Yeah. yeah I, I was thinking, has that ever been done before? You know, I don't I mean, think so. Not with the same know? director. Yeah. That, that's crazy. I've never heard of that. I'm sure. So, it probably uh, has. Were yeah. there any doves in uh, sound you'll, of night? You'll have to see for yourself. <laughs> I don't really want to, but okay. you don't want to. <laughs> no, not after the high of the movie we we're about to discuss. I have, it I have heard there's some follow. definitely some woo stuff in it, though. I, I've heard the Mexican standoff is in it and a couple yes. other things. So, oh, yeah. The classic shots that, yeah. that woo takes, it's like it's all there. I'm yeah. all for it, man. I, that's my favorite director of all time. So I'll be there to see it, even if I don't see it till it comes. Uh, home digitally i'll see it eventually so but um but yeah man uh, there's a movie that's tearing up theaters right now um quite a well opening of 11 million dollars and and the crazy thing about this is um i was reading it's it's been very for being that kids are still in school and stuff this movie has had a very consistent week it's made almost a million or a little over every day this week and to the point where they're Toho is expanding the theaters this weekend and it's guaranteed to run at least through the 14th. Yeah. Um, and that is Godzilla minus one, which uh, I know long you saw opening night. Matt saw the second night and I saw it uh, this past Saturday. And uh, you know, this is the first time for me I've ever seen a Japanese Godzilla film on the big screen in my adult life. I remember mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I remember my dad taking me to see one or two of them back in the day. Um, but, but it's been a long time since I've seen one other than the American films. And, uh, and man, what didn't it, what a theatrical experience this was, man. It, it was, this is a remarkably well done film for a foreign, not just for a foreign language film, but for a monster movie. Um, at only $15 million. Yeah. $15 million budget. To put that uh, in perspective. The Halloween movies that have come out the past <laughs> few years were 25 million. Right. And it's like, this movie is like, shows us more, uh, you know, from that budget. Like the, yeah. they got, it's, a, it's it an incredible looking movie for that budget. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and 
and, and I want to just jump on this really quickly is to explain to people that this isn't just a monster movie. It's essentially a PTSD monster movie about yeah. a guy going through PTSD and learning to live again. And throughout all this. Huh? Yeah. And yeah, personal learn, redemption. Yeah. Personal redemption, learning to live again through all this chaos that's going on in post-World War II, dealing with the atomic fallout and dealing with in the, the ensuing Godzilla attacks. And, uh, to weave that story around that whole idea, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you don't even gave, need Godzilla in this film. No, almost, you, you take Godzilla story, out, replace him with a hurricane. This movie right, the same still stomps with the story. Yeah, it, it 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 helps the film resonate better with its audience, relate to its characters. It was such a pleasure to see a Godzilla film where the the human characters aren't throwaways or just scientists making comments for no reason. In mm -hmm. fact. The scientist in this movie made a lot of sense. He was really smart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he's my favorite, one of my favorite characters in the film for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, Noda, Doctor Noda, that was mm -hmm. his name. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, but long, long time Godzilla fan, so I know you've got thoughts on this thing. Yeah, uh, I think I've said this before. Before I became a Star Wars fan, I was a Star Trek fan. Before I became a Star Trek fan, I was a Godzilla fan. <laughs> I apologize for the Star Trek moment there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, let's see. And uh, I remember the very first Godzilla movie I ever watched was uh, Mothra versus Godzilla from 1964 on television. And uh, that was mesmerizing as a kid. But uh, this movie... Man, uh, I liked it so much. I saw it again the same weekend uh, just to really let it sink in. And it's actually better the second time around. And the movie seemed to go even quicker. Mm -hmm. You know, the slow parts, you start picking up on some details, some nuance that you didn't catch the first time. And it's like, oh, okay, that's even deeper, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and the, it just really, the pacing is very well done even on the second viewing and the first viewing, you're just trying to let everything uh, take it all in. in. Yeah, yeah. Take it all in. Um, but uh, yeah, for $15 million, man, Godzilla looks incredible. Yeah. Uh, the visual effects are outstanding. Not, yeah. It's not perfect, but the water scenes are just stand out. All yes. the water scenes. Mm -hmm. Also some of the uh, city destruction scenes were really good. Uh, the characters are very relatable. Um, but yeah, did the, did it kind of, uh, hit you a little bit when the little girl cried? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. in fact, Wyatt, who's eight years old said, dad, I got a little emotional at the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, he even said that, you know, yeah. um, yeah, the movie definitely has an emotional resonance to it. Um, it hits home for anyone who's had yeah. a family mm -hmm. or been through any kind of crisis. Because, I mean, yeah, you, we've obviously never been through a monster crisis or a major war, but you can relate. I think that's what's so great about it. You can relate to these characters. You, yeah, know, and you can understand them. It's like uh, Jake, you know, I took Jake, and whenever um, the uh, uh, Noriko, uh, mm -hmm. the, the pilot, uh, whenever he was having... Oh, that's... Uh, Noriko's the lady. No, Noriko's the lady. lady. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, um, the pilot, he... Uh, you know, he was having one of those panic attacks mm. and my, my son was like, why, why is he, 
you know, why is he so upset? You know, why is he, why is he doing that? And I said, uh, well, Jake, you know, think about it. He feels, he feels like he was a coward in a moment where he was supposed to be brave, like two times once, you know, in two instances already. And there was a lot of people that died. I said, and, uh, I said, he probably feels like, why do I get to live when all these other brave men died? Why am I still here? And, you know, I'm still afraid and he doesn't forgive himself. You know, he's got this internal battle and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I was like, so he's, he's dealing with these, these demons and it like does a really good job of conveying that while building this camaraderie around that small, the small, you know, boat and all the characters on it and, you know, still tying in, you know, the effects of everybody around him and the destruction of Godzilla, uh, that, that he's causing, uh, and then, yeah, just balancing all of that just perfectly is, uh, is amazing. I, I don't, I didn't think it could be done, you know, through all the movies that we've gotten, uh, especially as of late, it feels like, you know, they're all, which not, not bad, you know, badass monster films. Uh, you know, that's great, but they're seeing this, films. yeah, yeah. Popcorn, nothing wrong with popcorn films. Right. Uh, you know, but, but seeing this, it was just like, wow, you know, they were able to do this, you know, could and have Godzilla, this the whole time. Godzilla was truly terrifying and menacing. I mean, his atomic breath was lethal. He just, he didn't care what he was doing. I also loved the nods to the classic Godzilla where he's standing up straight and walking slow. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, the, the mix of the new theme with the classic Godzilla theme, the, the musical score in this film was fantastic, too. Yes, yeah. it really added to the ambience of the movie. Yeah, yes, that was um, the first time, uh, I actually hate was like afraid of Godzilla, <laughs> <laughs> like because you're you're like you care for the characters and you're like, okay, please live, please live, you know, it's like okay, Godzilla, step the other way, you know, yeah. <laughs> walk slower, you know, and, and it's like. Yeah, don't, yeah. It's like don't kill my characters. That I and like I was already. I was glad. Minor spoiler here, but I was glad the movie had a happy ending because I was. It's one of those movies. The way it was headed, I was like, "Oh man, come on, don't let that happen." Because after all this death and destruction, I would have been pretty disappointed. I was really satisfied with the happy ending. I was like, "Thank yeah. you for giving us this," because so yeah. many movies lately want to end in despair and sadness. It's okay to have happy endings in Hollywood. It's Hollywood. Hollywood was made off happy endings originally, but in the last trend of the last thirty years of Hollywood, it's like let's end these movies depressingly, you know. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's great to see a movie that had a happy ending. Yeah, uh, that's one of the reasons why I went to the theaters the second time uh, to watch that ending again more carefully. Mm -hmm. And this this the second time around. Spoiler alert for who haven't seen it when. Uh, Noriko uh, is alive and hugging. You go into that shot of her neck, and that's that black mark on the back of her neck. That black mark was moving. It, yeah. So, yeah, the scar that she had, that black what? mark, that scar, it was moving. Uh, it was kind of like twitching a little bit. It's like, wait a minute. It's like, because I, I could have sworn I saw something about it that was a little odd. And then uh, the second time I watched it, uh, that scar on the back of her neck was uh, moving uh, up and down. <laughs> it's like, okay, so they did mention that the the area that Godzilla went through had a lot of his tissue, um, mm -hmm. you know, found in that area and uh, unknown substance or properties. And so who knows? She might have died, but regenerated. 
<laughs> so that's a kind of a big hint. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's like that scene where uh, the first scene where Godzilla, the water scene where uh, they were in the mine layer, mm-hmm. and uh, and these and what's interesting is uh, that scene was pretty suspenseful when he was chasing them and they were dropping oh, mines yeah. around him. That was a really cool scene. Um, they said that they used up so much uh, storage on the water effects alone. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. I really felt like that was a big homage to Jaws too, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did. Oh, it's like I don't know if any part of it's practical at all. But you know, a good CGI is when you question if they used any kind of a any right. kind of a live prop or something to get that effect going. Yeah. Um. But they used actual historical warships mm-hmm. as well. The Takal was an actual warship, and it was stationed in Singapore, about to be decommissioned uh, at that time. Wow. Uh, and then the uh, main destroyer that they were on at the very end was the Yukikaze, which is an actual warship that was uh, considered a very lucky ship because it survived all the major Pacific War battles uh, yeah, in well, World War awesome. II. Yeah, so there are some pretty cool historical nods there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's a full, full-on celebration about how, you know, uh, it's a very optimistic movie despite the dark themes too. Sure. Yeah. So, and the uh, the resilience of the human spirit, um, which uh, I liked. It wasn't. I l- I really yeah. like that too. It wasn't just a, another movie where we see the military try to blow them away. I thought the idea of the scientists coming up with a plan and the, the citizens interacting the plan, I really, really liked that. I enjoyed that. Uh, and it made sense as a viewer, like the, the scientific aspects of like, oh, as a viewer, I bought it. I'm like, oh, this could work. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I think it was great. You know? Yeah. 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 That's a very, I mean, what, what are the, they didn't have anything else to use. Right. Uh, they didn't have any bombs or torpedoes. Mm-hmm. You know, they had mines, but they found out that it doesn't work. The regeneration scene of his face was pretty cool. That was oh, yeah. cool. Uh, oh, it absolutely blows my mind this movie was made for $15 million because it looks as most awesome as. I mean, we did Elite Battle Angel last week, which is a $210 million movie. This movie looks just as good, if not better, in parts, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just go on and on about the film. The first Godzilla theme they used was from Mothra vs. Godzilla. Uh, and then the second classic theme they used was from the uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong, or King Kong vs. Godzilla in 1962 version. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's, I give it a nine personally. Yeah, where, yeah, where does this rank plus. for you in your all time? It's it's uh i think it's number one <laughs> it's yeah. like it's shot up number one because it's so relatable uh it, it, it had perfect balance of human drama and and monster action mm. um godzilla was terrifying really i mean it's just such a multi-layered film to it too uh but i i, I definitely like it it's yeah. definitely number one out of all the I, movies i've seen I am um, on HBO Max. I started watching uh, the original 1954, which I've seen once, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try to finish it sometime this week and uh, 
kind of get some more thoughts on the original compared to the latest uh, incarnation that we have, you know? Yeah. Um, and that uh, one's always in the, the people's top five. The original. Yeah. And, so. uh, but I definitely enjoyed this a lot more than Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla is just so slow. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, and, uh, it's a and satire. We, on, and it's really it's a political weird. satire. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and I think I don't. Toho hasn't given any confirmation, but I think they kind of, from what I've read, they felt they didn't know where to go next after Shin Godzilla, so they kind of decided to reboot it again with minus one. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and that's why this movie exists, and I'm certainly glad it does. I mean, it's, it well, was the director incredible. today has outright said that he wants to. He has a sequel in mind, and he mm-hmm. wants to do it. Yeah, and really, he's earned it. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, Toho has announced that. Oh, well, if people, as long as people keep buying, we'll keep selling it in screen. So they extended mm-hmm. it another week. Not only so, was this movie made for fifteen million dollars, I read somewhere that it was shot like in thirty-five days. You know, really? I guess they they work really quickly. Uh, you know, over in some of their films, that's why they a lot of their movies are kept under budget and kept. Uh, that's crazy. But I mean, I guess it's not too crazy. A lot of American films are thirty-five to sixty days, also. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so you yeah. know, I guess that's thirty. Not too- yeah. 35 to to 60 yeah pretty common for a film yeah. um but i hope he gets to make a sequel and you know he wants he he said his dream job is he would love lucasfilm to call him he wants to make a star wars movie uh, yeah. yeah yeah he yeah. said that's what he what inspired him to get in the film business yeah star wars that's yeah wild. but i don't know the bureaucracy in that organization is just mind-boggling from what i've heard <laughs> right. yeah yeah but with uh, dave filoni at the helm who knows? Hopefully, anything can happen. The ship starts getting righted. Yeah, but uh, but Godzilla minus one. If you get a chance to go see this in theaters, go see it. It's definitely yeah. a big but, screen experience. But I don't want when, Lucasfilm calling him up before he's done writing the sequel to Godzilla, Godzilla. minus. It's like uh, wait until after the sequel of Godzilla, then you can do I your do, Star Wars movie. This is a question I've been asking all week. Why is it called Godzilla minus one? That I couldn't quite. Oh, like I was trying to relate the title to the film. I, well, I think it's like a score. You no, know? it's because uh, yeah. it's because Japan uh, is still <laughs> the war just literally just ended. That's what I was thinking. It was really so to they're the at war. zero. <laughs> so oh, when Godzilla okay. showed up, it's minus right. one because of the radiation as well. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's Dude, that, and we'll, we'll move on. But that one shot where he shoots, he's when he first. The first major attack of uh, Ginza, and he shoots his atomic burst. Oh, you muted yourself, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, my mic did go. something weird. But that shot where the first big attack on Ginza, and he's looking up at his own atomic breath and the destruction of it, that was a wild shot in a Godzilla movie. Just to yeah. see wearing his a own mushroom cloud in the front. Yeah. yeah. His side um, profile from behind. But uh, definitely good stuff. And let's. Uh, we're going to roll in just a few quick trailers to hit this week, and, we're, and we might as well roll right into the trailer for <laughs> well, Godzilla wait, wait, wait. Versus... Before we move on, oh. uh, uh, Matt, what was your favorite scene from the movie? Man, I, uh, you know, part part down. of me, obviously the the ending, just the the you know the fight at the end, the dog fight. I really like the the plane versus Godzilla, but. I, I kind of like the uh, the part where, you know, the Jaws moment and then the battleships just show up and just start shooting the hell out of <laughs> yeah. Godzilla. Yeah. And just boom, 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 boom. Godzilla's just fighting back. 
and uh they're like oh shit you know <laughs> keep running <laughs> i thought that was cool because you're like oh man they're hitting them with cannon fire yeah and uh you really feel the impact mm. of that huh yeah yeah oh, man, I I know, that man. was a really cool scene I, I mean i saw it right over here at tinseltown and man it was really loud like they had yeah. it you know yeah that, yeah, that fact, audio it was loud. I took Waverly with me, even though she can't read, but you know, I didn't really have anywhere else to take her and it didn't really cost me anything for a ticket. And she was like, daddy, this movie is really loud. I'm like, yeah, it is a little bit louder than some other movies. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Mark? What were your favorite? Uh, oh man. I am. Um, I really, uh, I really, I mean, it's a terrifying moment, but his initial attack on, on Genza is just because you feel the, the terror of it, you know, it's, yeah. it, and I really thought that was impactful. And it first, and when it's his spikes first light up, that was just yeah. like that was a chilly moment. I thought that yeah. was that was awesome. The way um, it creeps up his back. Something, yeah, know? something yeah. I'd never seen before in a modern Godzilla film or any Godzilla yeah. film that I remember. And I thought that was just so cool. Yeah. There there was this one little moment that I wanted to mention earlier. After the Dr. Noda talked about his idea, his two his two plans to kill Godzilla, which is to sink him really fast and let the ocean crush him. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't work, where you raise him up really fast <laughs> and, and decompress then, him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Get, give him decompression sickness. And uh, he had that really, that body horror look to him, mm -hmm. to the, he, his eyes were bulged out and glazed over white. And you yeah. see boils come out of his skin. It was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. When he's yeah. all crisping up and yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was nasty. And then it, but the the part I wanted to mention was like when they were uh, at that makeshift uh, uh, bar after the whole planning scene, mm -hmm. you know, the, the senior captain was like, that's a, I didn't realize she could come up with an idea like that, but do you think it'll work? And then the scientist says, yeah, but do you have a better idea? And, right. then, and then he says, yeah, yeah, your second plan about raising him up. That's even crazy. I don't think that'll work. And then the scientist says, yeah. But do you have a better idea? <laughs> Any right. better idea? You know, I, like the the theater laughed at that. You know, I I did think that the despite all this destruction and terror of the movie, that the subtle humor and light moments worked extremely well because yeah. they grounded the film in that reality. That despite, like you said, the human spirit, despite all this horror, you got to keep your your will up and your spirits up and try to fight back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, a little Dunkirk moment at the end too, with all the tugboats coming out. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so, but uh, but anyways, yeah, go ahead, segue, Mark. Oh, but yeah, man, I mean, we slow. just got it's been a slow news week, but there are some trailers to talk about, and we we'll, might as well start with that trailer for the American Monster Verse, Godzilla vs Kong: The New Empire. The trailer hit this past week for it, and um. One thing I've noticed about the internet is it's got Godzilla fans up in a frenzy as to why he has pink spikes. And, um, and of course, hardcore Godzilla fans say and this isn't the first time he's had pink spikes. And I'm just over here reading this stuff. I'm like, who cares? You know, it's like, I, I yeah, guess, I like any why fan base, you have, have the infinity gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. Why does Kong have a glove on his hand? Who built this giant glove for Kong? There's so many questions you can ask about this. But like we said, we texted each other. It's great to have a wonderful, amazing movie like Godzilla Minus One, but it's also okay to go watch a movie that's just dumb fun, which looks like what yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong 2 is going to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, after seeing Minus One, I'm like, okay, now the, for the trailer felt a little underwhelming. Turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. But uh, I, I was happy to see it. It's very colorful, that Adam Wingard style of uh, mm -hmm. uh, cinema, cinematography. 
Uh, but yeah, it's coming out in in four months. Yeah, it's not a long wait. Like uh, late <laughs> yeah. March, or I think it's the first week of April. It's like April fourth or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. wild. Yeah, I like his his style too. I really like the first Godzilla vs Kong, and um, so let's look forward to see what he could do. Um, you know, I, I was reading some stuff that they had a lot of wild ideas for the sequel, but you know, like I I didn't know until you told me that Toho was very strict with the characters they can use and wants to make legendary pay pay more money and apparently he had to back off on a lot of those ideas and kind of redo the script because toho just wasn't going to allow it um and that kind of sucks you know um from yeah, what i was reading that just doesn't make sense yeah you know, you know i mean because at the end of the day they're going to get paid you know but yeah uh but so we'll see where they go with this uh it looks fun you know it should be a good um we also got our first look at this long. It feels like they've been talking about this for three or four years now. I guess with COVID, they probably had. But uh, Amazon Prime's Fallout series. Mm. Um, Looks good. Finally got our first look at it this week. And, um, yeah, we finally got our first look. It looks good. Yeah. Looks uh, a lot of potential. Um, oh. Before we get back to it, Matt, what was your score on Godzilla minus one? That's a friggin' A plus, dude. Oh, A plus. That's yeah. an A plus. All right. Yeah. That that's as as perfect as a movie can get, really. Yeah. And, and given its genre too, it's like being able to pull off that. Yeah. It's like yeah. just amazing. yeah. I'm starting to see all these critics come out of the woodwork <laughs> with the uh, with their own reviews of the film. Well, mm -hmm. what was your score for Godzilla minus one, Mark? Oh, I mean, it's easily an A plus. Oh, nine, okay. nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, I, I was telling Matt pre-show, you know, we do our top five movies in a couple of weeks at the end of the year, and uh, I'm having a. There's, a, I mean, there's a lot of good ones this year between Spider-Man and and Godzilla and Mission Impossible. It's like I don't know what's going to be number one. It's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but uh, it's, it's kind of funny. That. A lot of people are complaining that <laughs> this year movies have been mediocre with a couple of standouts of what you mentioned and then like video games have been like having a lot of hits this year it's like there were a lot of like cyberpunks uh phantom liberty came out and that's really good and a bunch of mario games came out and, uh resident evil 4 and yeah there's so many great games this year mm -hmm. uh baldur's gate 3 and <laughs> yeah but uh anyways uh, uh what was the other trailer you said fallout? we're talking about fallout i think about the fallout trailers i think it looked really great but uh the the odd quirkiness of the video game is very specific if that makes mm -hmm. sense and in the trailer it looked a little silly so hopefully it does come out all right to the audiences because it works in a video game world but watching this quirkiness in the trailer i was like yeah feels kind of dorky you know mm -hmm. so so we'll see how it translates overall yeah yeah but uh i guess it's coming out and i think it's like march or april also the fallout every series so, the next few months and then the only other trailer hit this week was a, the trailer for the boys season four which has been long awaited um for a couple of years and no release date on this yet uh um apparently sometime early next year for the boys season four and uh you know anything about the boys? It looks like more crazy zaniness as that show is. Matt, I know you're a boys fan like me. Yeah, man. No, I'm I'm excited for it. I, I want to see uh what happens now that Homelander is like 
getting all this support, even though he's a friggin' monster. And then uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is now in it. Uh, and so, you know, I think his character is going to be great. Uh, no matter, I don't even know what his character is, but I know he's going to do a good job. The thing about Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I like him, don't get me wrong, but he's kind of the same guy in everything he's in. That's my yeah. one thing against him. It's like he's kind of a one trick, he's a smart ass, kind of cocky character in almost every film. It's like, or TV show that he's in. Yeah. yeah. It just depends on the dial, you know? It's like Watchmen turned all the way up. You know, Negan turned all the way Negan up. Negan turned all the way the up. The losers turned all the way up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, is that has he ever turned down? Now yeah, he's always it. kind of the same guy. Yeah. Like I watch the losers and I feel like he's the same. He's like the comedian, only a different character. So it's still a mm. DC movie. Yeah. You know? So it's like, yeah, he's okay. I like him, but he's just kind of the same guy in every show he's in. Like a more entertaining Michael Cerna. When I first saw him, I thought he, 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 he kind of has a slight Turner. resemblance to Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> he does kind of have a lot that resemblance. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how he plays into the boys season four when it hits uh, Amazon Prime. Um, all right. Well, man, it feels like we haven't even gotten to today's featured film yet. Um, you know, we um, a kid-friendly film, which is something we do every now and then, and we felt with the Christmas season, it was a Good time to do this movie that came out 1995, I think, for the, the original Toy Story. Uh -huh. And this is the movie that kicked off the uh, Pixar Animation Studios being released through Walt Disney and uh, has turned into a completely new era of modern classics through that studio. And uh, these characters now, Buzz and Woody, are ingrained into pop culture as much as Godzilla is or Spider-Man or any, any other popular character we discuss on this show. And it all started with this film and uh, it's a movie that's, I mean, such a simple premise on the surface. I mean, it's about when you're not in your bedroom, your toys come to life and they have adventures and they have friendships and relationships and, and you don't know what they're doing. And when you come in your room, all the toys lay back down and you had no idea they were playing. Mm -hmm. And um, what a remarkable uh, idea for a movie. Right. And, um, and in, in this movie, you know, Woody is the popular cowboy toy that Andy has been playing with for years. And it's Andy's birthday, though. My goodness, what's going to happen on his birthday? New toys come, right? And uh, we're introduced to the great fancy toy, Buzz Lightyear, you know, who uh, thinks he's a real toy. He doesn't know that he's – or thinks he's real. He doesn't know he's a toy, you know. And uh, and and so him and Woody have a confrontation, and the it ends up turning on Woody, and Woody gets thrown out of the house. And then you have the bad kid next door, Sid, who likes – to destroy toys. And if you believe toy story theorists, Sid's really not a bad kid because he has no idea the toys are alive. He's just playing, you know? Yeah. yeah just like any teenager would do. Like I'm going to blow up some toys. He doesn't know they're alive, <laughs> but from a viewer perspective, you think he's an awful kid because you know, these toys are alive, you know? And yeah. I thought I had never read that before. I thought that's a pretty interesting way to look at it. Yeah, um, very interesting but, way to look but, at it. But this huge pop culture phenomenon started with this movie. And, um, and your guys' initial thoughts on this all-time classic. I have fond memories of this movie. Um, this movie came out, I was a junior in high school. Yeah, and then uh, I took uh, my my girlfriend at that time to go watch it. So I have, uh, I have a very, very fond memories. And then from that point on, 
Uh, I've watched every Toy Story movie that came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping to God there's not going to be a Toy Story 5 because I do not want to be in a modern theater audience <laughs> with all these kids ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but um, but that's that's just the nature of it. So, I mean, it's a family movie, so families are going to bring their kids right. along. So, Well, yeah, whole new generations now. Yeah. Yeah. Two generations worth, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I thought it was a very good movie, uh, very fun, entertaining when it first came out. And uh, it was just uh, groundbreaking for its time because I've mm-hmm. never seen an all-CGI movie before. Uh, a right. lot of people haven't. So, I mean, yeah. And that was the beginning of the end for 2D animation. Yeah. <laughs> so, how Groundbreaking you, and still holds up very well today. Yeah. yeah. You saw it on your first clamshell edition of the VHS. <laughs> oh yeah, clamshell. Remember that? Yep. Or was it a DVD edition that you saw? Yeah, clamshell back then. Yeah, it was ninety-five-ish, ninety-six. Yeah. 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 Talk about a retro movie, re- retro media. That's right. right. VHS. There's people listening. It's going. What the fuck is a clamshell VHS? You know. <laughs> yeah. What is a VHS? No. Yeah, that too. <laughs> like they don't know what a tape is. But yeah, I was out. Yeah, not now we're we're feeling old. Talking, I wasn't about even this ten film. years old when this came out. I wasn't. I was nine, and I was in third grade. Literally, was a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I was a child. I'm. I was about as old as my uh, second, you know, born child is now. Uh, but yeah, I remember seeing this film, and it was uh, really the first of its kind, you know. And and it was, uh, you know, it was merited that way as well um but uh but yeah the soundtrack the you know with the i almost said kenny loggins randy newman's yeah and him and his uh slurful voice you can't find me you know (laughs) it's like as slurs his words but it works you know him and his slurry song you know Um, really bring this yeah (laughs) but no, just uh, the emotions. With disabilities. You know, he's got a lisp like Mike Tyson, you know, except he's not going to knock you out, you know, if you make fun of him. Uh, but it, I it's, believe it's, Mike Tyson just got mentioned during a Toy Story review. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just the, the emotion. Now watching it now, it's like the emotions that, that Woody goes through, uh, you know, it, his he's the uh, opposed, supposed leader. I'm not sure what kind of credentials he has as leader other than he's the favorite. And then Buzz right. comes along and he's just like so angry. He, he, he wants to force an accident like he's uh, one of these mafia guys. <laughs> oh, it's a nice toy. It would be a shame if something bad happened to him. You know what I mean? You know, and so stuff happens like whoops. And uh, yeah. And then Sid. Sid, man, he's. He's diabolical, man. But you know what? I used to play like that with my toys. I was rough with them, at least. Then one exactly like Sid. But I remember <laughs> me and my—I uh, believe this. I had this teenage mutant ninja turtle doll. My cousin reminds me of this all the time. It came over and it was duct taped together. <laughs> and uh, he asked me what happened. I said Leonardo cut Shredder in half, and uh, <laughs> just like you know, 
play with the toys really hard. And uh, now that my kids play with it that hard, I'm like, no, man. You know, that cost know. me $25. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. And uh, it's it's different seeing it now. But yeah, I, I, I kind of see a little bit where Sid's coming from. Uh, but he needed to be scared. You know what? He needed to be scared straight. Um, you know, Mark, uh, you're about what? Same grade as long whenever you saw this film? Junior? Yeah. yeah. Well, I graduated in 95, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Senior. So I was probably a little bit older. But I know I saw this in theaters. I remember uh, seeing it and uh, just really liking it, you know, at the time. And, uh, you know, didn't think a lot of it, you know, but I remember enjoying the film. And, uh, and uh, you know, I remember when the sequel came out, I remember thinking, do we need a sequel to me like that? Because at the time, animated sequels weren't – that's another thing that's changed. Animated sequels weren't really a thing. You know, Disney was starting to do their direct-to-video thing. They had some direct-to-video sequels of Aladdin and Little Mermaid, but they weren't real successful because they weren't very good. Yeah. Um, but animated sequels, Toy Story changed that. I mean, now you have sequels, you know, the Spider-Verse films and Despicable Me and these other movies. But animated sequels, people weren't a thing until Toy Story 2 came out. And um, and I remember thinking that, like, do we need a sequel to it? But now here we are four movies later and lots of various shorts. And uh, there was even a Buzz Lightyear TV series and a Lightyear spinoff. Um, I remember that. And th it all started with this movie, this little movie that I saw when I was a senior in high school or that summer after I graduated. And, and um, you know, didn't even think about it being so groundbreaking at the time. I did think the animation was cool. I thought the voice work of uh, Tim Allen and Tom Hanks was was brilliant and all the other actors in this movie. Um, and and uh, just, just an enjoyable film. And it's wild to think that Billy Crystal was asked to voice Buzz Lightyear and he turned it down. Yeah. <laughs> And because uh, he thought, and then he says it's one of the biggest mistakes he ever made in his career. And then uh, I think it, it fell to Chevy Chase, and then Chevy Chase turned it down as well. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. I wouldn't want Chevy Chase to play. But with now you you yeah. can't imagine anybody but Tom and Tim doing this. I mean, it's exactly they, their their voices are iconic with these characters. Well, for characters. Tim, you can have Chris Evans now. <laughs> Chris Evans, <laughs> because of that what Lightyear yeah. movie, the Lightyear movie, yeah, with him and uh, Tio Tio. Uh, Wakini, Taka Watiti, and Tim Allen's favorite line is Buzz is you're a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. It's just funny because I, I say that to the kids all the time, only I change it a little bit. I'm like, You're a strange little man, I pity you. <laughs> I like it whenever uh, Woody says, Mr. Lightbeer. I feel like that's oh, yeah. one of those times where Disney threw in a little joke for uh for the. Well, the I rewatched this just yesterday. I sat with Waverly; she wanted to watch it with me, and uh, I wanted to rewatch it for the podcast. And it, it's legitimately a funny movie. It it has really funny moments. It, yeah. it holds up well. The jokes still play well. Thir almost thirty years later, um, you know, it's it's the animation holds up really well, and it, it was absolutely groundbreaking at the time. But it still looks as good today as it did then. You know, uh. The, I love the, the whole blooper reel thing mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The fake bloopers. Mm -hmm. That was good. Uh, I love how every Toy Story movie always starts with an action sequence with the toys. And I, I've kind of forgot about this one starts out with a little action sequence before Andy comes in the room and they all have to play, well, not play dead, but play back to sleep. Uh, you know, um, it's cool to see all the retro toys in the movies and then come to life like Potato Head and and the little slinky dog and all that stuff, I think was cool. And over the years, they would slowly add other retro toys to the different storylines. I thought was always neat. Um, 
the funny story is they originally wanted Barbie in this movie, but Mattel yeah. said no. Of course, Mattel came around after it was successful and like, oh yeah, you can use what was it, part three or part three? three, part three. Yeah, oh, you can use Barbie now, you know, because they realized how successful the movies were. Oh yeah, uh, but Mattel didn't want to do it at first. Um, thought that was pretty interesting, and it was gonna, he was she was going to be Woody's love story instead of and Little we, Bo Peep. We say successful and to put that in perspective worldwide. This movie was thirty million dollars. It made over thirteen times its budget back worldwide. Mm-hmm. Freaking crazy. Usually we say successful and it's like, man, it made three, four times its money back. This thing fucking yeah. you know, thirteen times plus over. And yeah, I think still I read making money today. I think I read based on inflation, it'd be like the number one or two biggest animated film of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. That's wild. And uh first animated film to be directed in the adapted screenplay. Uh, at the Oscars. And then I don't know if they had best animated film back then or not. Probably not. That seems a yeah. little, no, it was have. a screenplay, it right? It has to be for, it, it was pretty groundbreaking. Nominated for three Oscars, special writing for screenplay, best original song and best music. Hmm. So it had, so I don't think they animated uh, um, award was a uh, that was, seems like late nineties when they had the first animated Oscar. Mm, yeah, that seems right. But uh, absolutely groundbreaking movie. Um, and it, it just it's crazy how such phenomenon this has become. I mean, like I think we did in our little preview at the end of last week's episode. You know, your our grandparents know who Buzz and Woody are. They're known across the world from people. Um, yeah. it's it's one of those rare modern occurrences. Uh, and when I say modern, I always think like nineteen ninety and up to have a modern character that's embraced across pop culture that wasn't created in the 1950s or sixties. And there's only very few that are at the, the toy story characters, Harley Quinn, um, maybe a Sokotano that these characters are becoming pop culture phenomenons with these newer creations um, that have been have crossed over to other generations and, and across the world. And that's pretty wild. And, you know, just when you think like, Oh, Hollywood doesn't create any new ideas. I mean, they still are. There's still new characters that are being created and becoming a very popular across the world. And Buzz and Woody mm-hmm. are right there, you know, in, uh, in 1995. And, you know, there's some talks lately. Tim Allen has been saying that, you know, him and that there has been some talks about a fifth one because him and Tom have told the studio, hey, if you're going to do it, you got to do it soon. We're not getting any younger. Exactly. You know? And uh, even though I felt, I felt three was an amazing send off, I felt four. Yeah was a good send off. Um, and I think if you do a fifth one, it doesn't have to be about Andy's children. It has to be, that's gotta be the route you go. And they're playing with his old toys. I mean, and Tim Allen even said that. And I thought when Tim Allen said that, I'm like, that's brilliant. That's that has to be the direction you take. If you do a fifth one, there's, there's feels like after him saying that feels like there's no other way. If it's not about Andy as an adult and his kids, then you completely defeat the point in doing a fifth one. I think. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's a good point. And that's the only way to, to bring it back around, mm-hmm. you know, and include Andy in there. Yeah. Make it full circle. And, uh, and, and if they do it, I'll, I'll be there to see it. I'll, I'll go, you know, I've enjoyed this franchise quite a bit over the years and, and, uh, it's been a good, it's been a good one. Do y'all have a favorite Toy Story movie? Two. Really? Two's my favorite. See, I find two the weakest. Nah. The opening scene with. Well, with, weakest uh, as a what? Cool. Like. Because we're talking about 
very very good quality movies here. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. He yeah. means weakest out of the four. I like two because it was the funniest. Hmm. Uh, oh, I think uh, two is the funniest. Yeah. yeah, I like three the best. I think. Yeah, uh, I, and I sat in the theater full of uh, full of people watching part two, and it was like definitely one of the most entertaining experiences I had with an audience as well. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, the whole theater was laughing when uh, they did a Jurassic Park spoof with Rex yes. chasing after the, the the toy car and oh yeah. Uh, the whole cheesy "I'm your father" thing. Star with, Wars spoof, yeah. yeah with Star the, Wars spoof with on Zerg. there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I like two too. I just always felt like it was a little bit weaker than the other ones. Yeah, I mean, you, I, you're right. This is an incredible series of movies. None yeah. of them are bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> the opening scene in part two is so du- well well done when Buzz is doing the rescue mission. Is that the one with the train and Ham is flying over him? Uh, I'm trying to re- remember. He's flying through space. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the that one, um, and I'm trying to remember what the climax was for part two. Oh yeah, and Jesse, you know, as a the climax is at the airport. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to keep him from flying to Japan. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, yeah, Introdu- uh, introduced Jesse, a really good character. Yeah, and then uh, the villains uh, come up. It's at the end where he ends up wearing the chicken suit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of great, great things in that going yeah. through that film. Part three, I've only seen it once for some reason, and uh, part three is the emotional one with them. Yeah. them they yeah. don't look like they're going to die. Then they're given to the little girl, and Andy has to let go of his toys, and everyone's sobbing at the end of the movie. <laughs> and, you, the and you think that the bear would have a turnaround, uh, right? But he did it. He he doubles down on his evilness, and you never ever see that really, hardly ever, mm-hmm. uh, when the villain gets a chance to redeem himself, and this time they don't. <laughs> yep, it's right. Stayed, stayed evil. Yeah. yeah. And then 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 four was about just you know moving on, you know, and as and grow, even the toys had to grow up a little bit. You know, I mean, I remember Tom Hanks saying that he was emotional. Recording some voice scenes mm-hmm. uh, for part four, and it was yeah. like, "Well, you want to come back?" That kind of cheapens the emotion of it a little bit, don't it? So, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's all if he keep wants to keep doing it, let him. It's easy money. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. And then you know the spinoff Buzz Lightyear was okay. There was nothing spectacular. It was all right. It felt a little unnecessary. You know, and I've said this before. I think with Lightyear. If you had done a prequel and kept it in the same animation style and and made it familiar to people, it probably would have been more successful. Mm-hmm. And but when you go and you make it look different and just not look as kid friendly and look as familiar, people weren't sure what to make of it. They're like, yeah, I don't know, you know. So I think that was a lot of its downfall to its success. I don't think the movie was terrible. It just yeah, wasn't familiar to people. And then I felt like the comedy was, you know, wasn't there. Um, right. you know, making a making sandwiches backwards, you know, to the where the meat's on the outside and the bread's on the inside, you know, and that's like one of your comedic moments. Well, it's what like, about making Buzz an asshole? He keeps trying to do the thing at the beginning of the movie, and where this his friend gets older and older and she's almost dead because he's obsessed. Yeah, like damn, Buzz is a jerk, you know. 
Yeah, he's but. not uh, super super likable in that film. Right. That's for sure. He was always a bit of a conceited as a toy, but he wasn't a jerk. And, and then all of a sudden, you make him he a ends jerk. up being the bad guy. Yeah. So you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. One of my favorite Toy Story <laughs> moments of all time, though, is Buzz's Spanish mode. I thought oh, that yes. was hilarious in part. Well, three. that's in three. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's probably the strongest uh, comedic part of, of three. And then he's just like wooing Jesse with his accent and his salsa dancing and his bravado. <laughs> his Mexican bravado. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, but what a what a phenomenal series of films, and uh, you know, and um, and it all started with the classic from 1995. It also started a studio. I mean, Pixar was an animation division that was owned by Lucasfilm that wasn't doing anything with it, so they sold it to Disney. Um, and crazy how that happened, and, and Disney turned it into a, another empire of theirs. Yeah. You know? Um, and you think what we got from Toy Story to Monsters Inc. to uh other successful franchises, Wally, you know, things that Pixar have done over the years. It's uh, quite wild. I mean, the last couple of years, like I mean, Soul was one of the one of the absolute best films the last two or three years, and that was Pixar. Yeah. You know? And uh Inside Out and Element Elemental, I actually really kind of enjoyed. You know, that yeah. was a good movie. So and uh it's wild, man. It all started with Toy Story in nineteen ninety five. But uh, that's all I got on Toy Story. If anybody else has anything, I give it an A. Oh, it's an A. Yeah. Oh, all time classic. A for all time classic. Yeah. And uh, so next week, um, I guess we'll preview next week's film. We're going to, man, we started this journey two years ago as we started uh, covering the Lord of the Rings trilogy um, with the Fellowship of the Ring. And then last year, the Two Towers. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We had toyed with the idea of doing all three of them back to back weeks. And then we're like, well, you know, we'll probably still be back podcasting for a few more years. Let's just yeah. do one a year Christmas time, which is when they came out in theaters. Exactly. I'm going to finish that journey this year when, when we uh, right. next week, when we cover the Oscar winning Lord of the Rings, the return of the king. The eye of the enemy is moving. The end has come. Frodo moves closer to Mordor. How do we know Frodo is alive? What does your heart tell you? Come, Master! Come to Smeagol! This is your test. Every path you have trod through wilderness, through war, led to this road. The enemy will never let Aragorn come to the throne of Gondor. It is time. Give him the sword of the king. Become who you were born to be. The precious sleepy eyes. He needs to murder us! Baba! I'm not sending him away. Come to me. Set. The pieces are moving. He is here. He 
would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. Whatever happens, stay with me. This day, we fight! I forgot that the extended version is four and a half hours long. I've already started watching it because it's going to take me a god dang all week to finish this movie because <laughs> it's so long. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's maybe not my favorite. I think I lean towards the two towers, but this one won all the awards because let's be honest, they were given Peter Jackson lifetime achievement awards for the success of the trilogy. And I think that's why Return of the King won a lot of the awards. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not a remarkable film in its own right. The whole exactly. trilogy is fantastic. Yeah. We're, we're going to finish it up next week. Uh, I think the only thing that bothers me a little bit watching in 4K is that uh, some of the CGI looks like it was done in 2003 on in 4K. You know, 4K, if you, it's funny, if you watch old movies in 4K, they look remarkable. They're, they're cleaned up. They look brand new. But postmodern movies, sometimes it's like, okay, maybe they should not be in 4K because the CGI shows up too much. Does that make sense? That makes and, sense. Kind of that era between like 1995 and like 2015 before 4K was a thing. Got about that 20 year period where the movies just don't quite look right in 4K. <laughs> There's a sweet spot. You've got to use yes. that 4K enhancement. Not that it looks bad in 4K, but it's just like there's a part in Return of the King I was watching the other day, and um, it's when Erwin has the vision of her child, and the child is running across the field, and it clearly looks like the kid is running in front of a mat. CGI green board. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of rough. <laughs> you know. Um, and it's just the 4K process, I guess, made it stand out more. Um, so you know, I'm being nitpicky, I know. But Lord of Rings, Return of the King, remarkable film. And we are gonna talk it next week on the show. Finish out the trilogy. There we go. But uh until then, uh the rubber podcast.com for all your rubber needs. Long, thanks for joining us and bringing your uh, Godzilla expertise in. It's always welcome. Because I know that's you're such a huge fan of that franchise, and and man, I've become a bigger fan over the last few years. I've always liked Godzilla. You know, I've, I've watched movies over the years here and there, and uh, but I've found myself watching more in the last few years, especially since Wyatt really enjoys them. Yeah, I've found, you know, I've watched Tokyo War or Tokyo SOS, Final Wars. I told you recently, I watched Godzilla 2000. I had never seen it before, so I've been finding myself watching more and getting caught up on that franchise. You know, fell into a rabbit hole, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I actually really like Godzilla 2000. I thought it was kind of a fun movie, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, there's some really good cinematography in that movie, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, uh, the director's one of his uh, biggest, uh, his favorite Godzilla movie is uh, Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, All Monsters, All Out Attack from 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that I highly recommend that one. That I one's think where we watched that super one. Evil. Yeah, yeah, I think we me and Wyatt watched that one. That was good too. Yes. Yeah. 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 And all three monsters are trying to take him down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. You know, it's crazy, like, watching Godzilla and get, be watching more of their films the last few years. It's even given me a little bit. I know the 98 Roland Emmerich film is not well-liked by a lot of people, but it's kind of, like, giving me a little more respect for it because I think they were just trying something different and audiences didn't buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it exists. It is what it is. You know? I don't hate it as much yeah. as I used to. Uh, if you watch it as just a dumb monster movie, it's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I prefer that Emmerich movie over the the recent trilogy, the anime trilogy, which Dude, those were so boring. I tried to watch those. Garbage. How do you make Godzilla boring? I was like, yeah. Pretty hard to do. Yeah. yeah. And then the the Godzilla TV anime series was a big disappointment too. Yeah, so, I watched a little bit of that, kind of get into it. Yeah, it was like, what the hell? What's this dialogue? You know? It's yeah. like, okay. Because they hired a physicist to write that right. show. But, like, okay. At the moment, though, at least Godzilla fans are eating at the buffet real good right now. Oh, yeah. But highly recommend going to see Godzilla Minus One if you get a chance. And I heard that Amazon Prime has already bought the streaming rights for the U.S., that they, they want the movie. And uh, so it should be on Prime. And yeah, I want stuff. the physical copy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, I yeah. think it's a must-buy for me. Um, but but if people are being patient waiting, I think Amazon sometime in March or April is going to have it for streaming. It's what I've yeah. uh, it's what I've read, so yeah. yeah, so good stuff. And if you're waiting for an English dub, don't because the director already said they're not doing it. They're going to keep this. Oh, really? Rid- yeah, he said they're not, they intend this to stay in the original language, um, which has become a thing lately. A lot of foreign films over the last few years aren't doing as many English dubs as they used to because it just costs extra money. They don't need to spend, you know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so that's what I heard. So all right. Well, well I'll they- do my own dubbing. Um. But try yeah, not man. to be offensive with it with uh, Japanese accents or something. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, no. You have dishonored my family. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they've gotten better with the dubbing than they used to, though. Like yeah. now, you know, uh, the mouths don't keep moving quite as long as they used to. They have gotten better with it. Yeah, I, st- I prefer watching them film in its original language if I can. Yeah. I agree. I think it just sounds better. It's a better experience. And, uh, but I also understand people that are hard of hearing or hard of seeing why they would want an English dub version. You know, that's fine too. You know, so yeah. to each their own. Um, all right, man. Well, that's all we got. Thank you everyone for listening as always. Uh, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. This is long. And uh, remember as always, just go there and do it. Mm-hmm.